Hi everyone, my name is Mike and you're listening to The Vulnerability Project. My mission is to get men talking. The power of vulnerability is not to be underestimated. When done in the right environment with the right people, talking about what's getting you down and what you're battling can potentially be life-changing. I've experienced the power that vulnerability holds firsthand. My aim is to encourage you to tap into your vulnerability and find that safe space that allows you to feel heard. I believe that vulnerability should be seen as a superpower and not a weakness. I hope you enjoy listening to this and that it inspires you to reach out and share. Let's get the conversation going. Hey everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I've got a very special guest lined up today, a very good friend of mine, Kieran Connolly, all the way from Australia. Uh, Kieran runs a great um, organization called Breaking Barriers. And uh, yeah, Kieran, welcome. And how are you today? Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going really well. Thanks, Mikey. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to, um, to be here with you and talk to you about everything to do with vulnerability. Uh, Kieran and I have what we like to call a makeshift friendship because we happen to be on other sides of the of the world, and we've only met online. Um, we met through a, a mutual friend of ours, and um, through our passion for the uh, for men's for, for mental health and men's mental health. So, um, yeah, Kieran, why don't you tell us about uh, breaking barriers and why you started it? So I started Breaking Barriers as a platform to just basically express myself and come across some like-minded people and basically create communities because there's so many good organizations in Australia doing really good work. Um, However, I think that it's good just to find that middle ground kind of where you can where you can kind of create your own platform and branch out and meet other people and kind of not feel like you're kind of in a box, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like... I've always wanted to just express myself in a way which is just there's no limits, you know, like the sky is a limit. I I feel like I can kind of put stuff out there, whether it's like philosophy or, you know, the healing power of nature or just something crazy and, and not worrying about the guidelines or social constructs or what people care about what I'm posting or saying. And, you know, I might do something which is a bit out there or I might be do, doing something which is a little bit kind of a l- little bit more conventional, but it just gives me a platform to connect with other people and, um, and just do whatever I feel like needs to be done. But the most important thing is allowing people to feel empowered and a- allowing people to feel yeah. um, like healing is possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you do a great job of that. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious what, cause I've, I've never been to Australia. I'd love to come. Hopefully one day I will come. Um, but I'm curious to find out from you what the mental health landscape is like for men in Australia. Is there much of a discussion around it or is it still quite um, under the covers? Well, that really depends on who you end up speaking to and the kind of communities that you end up um, kind of surrounding yourself with. So I was fortunate enough to have uh, a really supportive um, father in my life and um, and even brothers who I can speak to about this sort of stuff and I think that people themselves who have who have kind of been through um, you know some really messed up shit I think that they are the ones like you know you know that example that they say how 
you know, when when you feel like you you heal yourself, or once you've embraced the healing path and journey, then you extend that on to helping to heal other people. I feel like that has been a massive um, presence in my father's life and in my brother's lives, and we've all been through some really messed up shit and um you know and it's all relative but the thing is like we we all try and give back and help each other and support each other and um i suppose that's been a really fortunate thing for me however um there is definitely a mental health stigma which is um huge in australia and men in particularly uh in particular are the ones who quite often are the ones that find it hard to speak up and, and really reach out. And, um, and they're the ones that the suicide rate is, is phenomenally higher than women. I don't know the actual stats, but it's, um, it's so much higher. And, you know, I do have experience. Um, I've, I've lost my best mate to suicide and that's just, I didn't see it coming. No one saw it coming. Um, and yeah. And I grew up in a little small coastal beachy mountain town, um, by the central coast. And, that's where, you know, where people surf and, and he was a surfy and he was studying psychology and he had so much going for him. But, you know, that's the thing about trauma and, and, and lots of things yeah. which can kind of slide under the, under the rug and you just never really know what's going on in someone's life. And, and he was someone who was so warm-hearted and friendly and, and just so relaxed, someone you instantly feel calm around just by being in his presence. And um, he wasn't like the conventional male stereotype where it's like you have to you know you're a man you can't speak about your feelings or whatever he'd see he spoke to me about this stuff all the time like not not deep stuff but just about life and stuff like that we we sat down and spoke about our feelings and and how we feel about things and we you know while all our cohort at the time after school when we were like 18 19 20 and stuff while all of our friends were out partying and getting drunk and like you know people were experimenting with drugs and stuff we we didn't do that we used to just go and sit by sit by our car and uh, like you know just drive to the beach and just speak about philosophy and life and 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 what what dream yeah and like you know i remember the scene in my mind we used to sit there under the moonlight of the ocean and listen to the waves and just and we, we talked about ideas and insights and what life means to us and he was so um eloquent and, and and articulate with with his style of communication and and how he he was very poetic as well um when he talked about this stuff with me and and you know he was like my soulmate man and he still is mm. but it's it's really unfortunate that these things have to happen and i suppose it's important for me to advocate this um that, that this is something which it doesn't matter mental illness doesn't discriminate um no. someone can look so happy on the surface and so exuberant but underneath the surface is this really big sort of weight, which is pulling them down. You know, it's it's interesting that you say. Well, firstly, I'm really sorry that you had to had to lose your best friend. Um, that I can't even I can't imagine. So I'm really sorry about that, um, genuinely. And just speaking about the stats, but one thing that kind of really shook me to the core was that I don't know about Australia, but in the UK. Um, it's suicide the same is the well, number actually, one killer of, of men. Which means, yeah, yeah, which means that that statistically, you and I, the biggest risk to us is ourselves, and that's really terrifying. And it makes you wonder because, like you said, your friend um, was so you know chilled out and and didn't really 
didn't really show many symptoms and that's because it's so deeply ingrained in men that we shouldn't be like that even if we have been brought up in a more holistic way like I was with really open parents and it's so sick it's really really sick and um it's it's been the biggest driving force for me to start this because I have been to some really dark places and I have found that by reaching out and finding even if it's one person to talk to it can it can really save lives so of course definitely it's so important to reach out and know that you're not alone and know that this is something which other people can experience as well because I find that if you like we all have a voice for a reason we have ears yeah, for a reason as well and you know um the human experience is so full on that to kind of go through something alone is it's like we've got suffering as a constant we like everyone suffers right and if someone goes through some sort of traumatic event they suffer tremendously if you were to um have this tremendous suffering and then basically have that mental affliction on top of that suffering, which is the fact of going through loneliness, going through isolation. These are things which are so damaging to the person. Like that can, that, that basically makes you suffer times too. You know, you could be um, battling with some really complex stuff, which a professional is qualified and has a skill set to help you get out of that. Um, whereas say if you just, you've had a really hard day or, you know, you're experiencing some really tough stuff, if you have people to speak to about that, it, it seems to just get it off your chest and, you know, make you feel much more relaxed and comfortable. And yeah, this stuff is so important. It makes you feel like you're not alone, even though that person might not know, know exactly what you're going through. Just them holding that space for you is, is, and actually on that note, I would like to thank you because although we have a makeshift friendship, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I have, I've definitely, um yeah you've been especially during lockdown and everything it's you've been an amazing friend to just talk to and you're doing a you're doing a great job with breaking barriers and also just with the way that you are and the way that you um approach mental health and offer a lending hand to people who need it i think it's so important and even just doing this podcast with me is um gonna help so many people yeah absolutely and i think that that's the thing it's that I feel like when you give back and you have something to offer to somebody, there's one really amazing thing about life, which is when you empower yourself, you you empower other people as well. Yeah, like um, when you when you help heal others, you help to heal yourself, and and I think that that's there's something so amazing in that because you know life can just be so rough and so hard, and and I feel like you know it's so hard to go at it alone and. And I've had to surround myself with with some really good people, um, you know. And and on the contrarily, I've had to get rid of a lot of nasty people, and that's just been part of my journey. And you know, surrounding yourself with such a good community who can who can hear you, who can hold space for you, um, and also find opportunities to to network and and build upon things like you and I are doing right now. That's just a way of, I suppose, just using your experiences to move forward and to help other people because if you yourself has, have found ways to to get through something which has been really hard or really damaging for yourself and and you find a way to kind of um, help other people as well through that then that's the most amazing thing yeah and i mean it's it's kind of 
well, what I believe is it's why we're here. You know, it's why humans are here. We're here to help each other and we're here to just um, grow our community and support our community, whether it's, you know, across borders, like it might be with us um, and like my friends back home in South Africa and stuff like that. It's I just think that that's why we're here. You know, we're not, there's so much hate and violence and anger in the world and it doesn't serve anyone. You know, I think that, we are here to help and support. And I've, I've really come to realize that having moved overseas at such a vulnerable time in my life when I had just lost my mom and I, I needed my family more and friends more than ever, but my instinct was to just leave, just to escape the memories and stuff. But by doing that, I found myself isolating myself. And, and my God, like it's been a visceral impact on me to just like find people and connect with people and meet people and that has shown me blindingly that that's what humans need of course it's so important i just finished reading a really good book just today um which is called the domesticated brain um and it's by a developmental psychologist and basically he was saying that how loneliness is such a um a puzzling thing to to experience because he says that um, basically he, he he looked at studies of people who have gone through solitary confinement and apparently it's one of the worst forms of torture you can go through. It's even people would would prefer to be brutally beat up and punished than than to go through social isolation, um, like you know to the point of solitary confinement. And that just goes to show that there is an innate yearning for connection. Whether you like it or not, we need to connect. Don't you just feel so inspired when you come across somebody and you, you have such a good conversation with them? Um, you yeah. feel so uplifted or when you watch a good movie or like, you know, but especially I live in Sydney and there are so many people who live in a city like Sydney, which has 4 million people in it. But at the same time, there's 4 million people, but there are so many people that are, that are, that are lonely and it's oh, just yeah. so upsetting because there are people who... Uh, are living in their in their um their parents' bedroom or like in their house and they're not leaving the house. I recently did a work meeting with my job and there was one man who's about my age and he was um we were saying, you know, how's your life changed since COVID and how have you been going with it? And this man who who was asked how his life has been since COVID, he said, Well, essentially my life hasn't changed at all. I I'm I'm at home all the time. So before COVID I was at home and now I'm at home and um, I don't leave my house much, and and I thought, wow, like that's so upsetting mm. to hear. Yeah. Well, I can't. I mean, when I I I lived in London for six months, which is also you know obviously a massive city. And I'll be honest, besides besides this lockdown period, I have never been more lonely than I was when I was living in London, which is kind of counterintuitive wow. because it's a huge city with millions yeah. and millions of people i lived with people but people just don't like we are we are becoming a society of people that don't want to connect that 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 just we're so on the we're on the the go all the time we we're looking into our phones we plugged in listening to music or whatever it is it's funny that you brought up brought up loneliness because loneliness is something that has really really been a a theme for me for a very long time i think when my mom passed away even before she passed away, I was looking after her, so I didn't have much of a social life. And um, I found that I essentially, from say six months before she passed away up until very recently, 
I've been, it feels like I've had years stolen from my life because of um, just the stuff that I've been going through and the grief and then also moving overseas and not having my really good friends around me and my my dad and um, and I I can really, really relate to that loneliness and to that, that isolation and it's self-perpetuating because when you get stuck in that and you get comfortable being alone and being lonely, it becomes so difficult to actually push yourself to go out and to, to meet people, especially if you're in a vulnerable stage, like grieving somebody or going through an eating disorder, which I was as well, which is something you instinctively try to hide from people. So you don't put yourself out there because you don't want people to realize that. So it's a very dangerous, um, very dangerous, uh, um, rabbit hole to go down and a very difficult one to to get out of and mm. yeah it, it's so it, it's really interesting that you bring that up and i think a lot of men and a lot of men experience loneliness more so than women because Definitely. women women i find um well not i find it's known that women are more open they speak about stuff you know they 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 are far more okay with being vulnerable than men are but when men get together whether it's at the pub or going for a walk or whatever it might be they don't speak about the real stuff like we're speaking about today they speak about you know the football and and the news and just like very surface level small talk stuff which is fine it serves its purpose in the world but it it doesn't bond people like these these kind of conversations do yeah, definitely. I find that women, there's something about women that they're, they're so good at, at just basically having their voices heard. And like, not mm. only are they good at speaking, but they're also very good at listening as well. Um, mm. Like there's a, there's a real balance between speaking and listening that I, I find. Um, but also, yeah, like you said, with men, I find, I don't know what it is, but I think that basically when you think about it, if you're part of a, of a group, you have to basically adhere to that, that, group and basically mend and mesh with the social expectations of what it's like to be in that group and um and and speak with those members and basically if 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 all they're speaking about is sport or like or like you know the women they want to get with or you know if you were to get into that group right and start speaking to them about philosophy they like they wouldn't care they wouldn't give a shit they would no, say like what are you laugh talking at about you. Or, yeah, yeah. they'll laugh at you or if you speak about psychology or or something educational um, like, I, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to put, put all men into a box. Like it, it's, it, it's on, in Australia, it's, it's hard to describe, but it feels like there's almost that, that real macho-ness, right. That comes with men, you know what I mean? And I find that it's almost like a competition with men to, to prove how deep your voice is and how manly you are and you know how, and, 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 and I can just, I can see straight through that because it, it it's, it's almost as if a lot of them are just wearing a mask. And, and behind that mask is just a really vulnerable person that wants to, would love to speak about this shit, would love to speak about stuff. I'm, 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 I could be wrong. I, I'm just saying that I find that there's, there's a deep yearning for humanity in many, many different people. And, you know, in Australia as well, we have millions and millions of dollars going towards mental, uh, mental health care services. And it's about $180 to see a psychologist. And you know what? I mean, for, for the most part, if, if you, if, if we were to have, a better system where we could be there for each other and speak to each other and actually acknowledge our feelings and, and just basically ideally have that tribal like structure about us which which is in our nature 
then perhaps we wouldn't have to spend $180 getting to the point where we have to go to see psychologists and talk about these issues that we've bottled down so deeply, which, you know, which are getting pent up and pent up. And another thing is I find with in, in Australia, we've got a really, really big drinking culture. It's huge. It's massive. Oh, yeah, too. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's massive. But the thing is, alcohol lowers your your inhibitions and the part of you that makes you feel hyper aware and anxious and makes you feel more loose and stuff which is great if you want to have one or two but if you if it gets to the point where you have to get shit-faced and pissed all the time just to basically hold a conversation with someone then that perpetuates a whole negative cycle of just nonsense and and slurs and feeling like shit and getting lost in this vicious cycle of just of 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 alcoholism which gets which gets so worse and um a really big post I shared on Breaking Barriers about this, and it said something like, um, basically, exercise is the most underutilized antidepressant and alcohol is the most abused anxiety drug. And that is so true because we're, we're basically masking our problems with like, with, with, with just getting, so many people getting drunk and stuff like that. And, you know, I just, I just find that it just basically um, creates low consciousness in, 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 in the, the dialogue, in, in, in the way we, we interact with each other. Like it's just, yeah. And in Australia, it's, it's, it's a really big issue. And, and not only that, but it's, it's coupled with gambling here. Every single pub you go to, there's a, there's a, there's a game in venue, every single pub. Um, in fact, like um, I forget the stats, but it was something like um, when, the, when the lockdown was happening and pubs were closed, like something like $62 million a, a day or like a week or something was being saved by people not gambling. So our, yeah, our government is just horrendous with how much money they want to spend with like how on poker machines. And yeah, it's, it's like everywhere you go is like a casino unless you're in Perth in Western Australia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'll be honest. It, so much. Addiction is something that I, it's only come up recently in my consciousness because i've never been a drug addict i've never been addicted to alcohol or anything like that but i've got a very addictive personality and it kind of goes hand in hand with anxiety i think um Mm i i um i was a really heavy smoker um especially for the age that i was um about between the ages of maybe 19 and 25 I, I never, only now that I have done all the self-work, um, can I look back and see that I was using that, the cigarettes and the, the I used to, I used to go, I used to drink quite a lot, not, not like, I wasn't addicted, but it was very much when I was a student, you know, going out with my mates, getting shit-faced, I was really bad, actually. I I look back now and I see that, that it's because I was trying to mask my anxiety and I was trying to um, mask my, I guess, put up. Yeah. I guess just make myself feel more comfortable in that setting. And I think that like, I think that is a huge reason why um, drinking culture and, and, and alcoholism and all of that stuff is so big in, especially in big cities like Sydney and, and, and London. But I just think in the world in general, the thing is a lot of people haven't done that self work like you and I have, so they just carry on with it, don't they? They just carry on Absolutely. doing it because it's it's what they know and it's what they're comfortable with, and it, it and it's it's really dangerous. It's really really dangerous. Well, the thing is, you need to have awareness. You need to have an understanding of what's going yeah. in, what's going on inside your body. It's hard, what am though. I fe- yeah, um, it is hard. And the thing is, 
but the thing is that basically the more you 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 raise awareness the more you understand the whole experience of what it's like to be in this body um but the thing is um the way i see it is basically we're all on basically a spectrum or like we're like let's just say we're standing in the middle of a seesaw all of us between um basically compulsions and inhibitions meaning on one end we have our brain which forces us to do something unconsciously and then on the other end basically our brain stops us from doing something so basically mm. um where where we can be subjugated with with how basically we have this vast makeup uh, like our whole body is made up of just different cells and biology and our brains wired in a certain way and basically where the reciprocants of this wiring and sometimes this wiring might say i need alcohol I need that and we just go with it right um yeah. rather than rather than watching the thoughts and saying well wait that's just a thought like oh that's just a feeling and the thing is you have to find out the root cause of it as well like where does this come from why do i want this 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 alcohol or cigarette like is it is it the fact that i'm not feeling well at the moment is it the fact that i feel like i need to um give myself a buzz um you know am i, am I not giving myself enough love and comfort and self-care something that i discussed recently with my therapist is that people who have gone through childhood trauma like i have um the, the kind of anxiety that they get is not situational that doesn't come you know once or twice a day or or in social settings it's almost always there your your body and your mind as you grow up and as your brain does develop it, it your brain your body and your mind become primed for threat so you constantly feel like you've got to be on edge and you've got to be ready for um for for something to happen and it gets exhausting it gets really exhausting being like that all the time so that 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 cigarette or that bit of booze or that joint or whatever is just that it's that relief it's that it's that breath of fresh air ironically <laughs> it's a quick fix really it's what it is yeah yeah absolutely and and that's the thing i mean um there there are so many quick fixes as well which which is more than just um mm. cigarettes and alcohol like so many people whether it's um through fast food or uh, mm. another another inconspicuous one is, is masturbation as well which not many people talk about or touch yeah. on but um there's yeah. been a whole uh worldwide movement which happened i think in 2012 called the nofap movement which was with through reddit um yeah <laughs> really? seriously if, yeah if you've heard about reddit basically there were so many men who were feeling that like their lives were being ruined because of pornography and, and really yeah, yeah yeah and basically they were basically um, getting to the point where it was it was an addiction for them to to have like a little bit of relief through the day, and it was it's it's an abuse of their body in the same way that uh, that cigarette or alcohol was an abuse of their body, and you know like there 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 are so many different faces and facets of of how people um, can can basically become attached to things is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Like like there, there's so many inconspicuous ones. Like there's um, some people can become addicted to um over exercising and that might seem like oh, oh yeah you know, like, i know that like, <laughs> yeah yeah but that's actually um like they become addicted to the the flood of endorphins that, that get released in their, their brain the feel-good chemicals which is why it's so important to kind of um just try and find um find different sort of pleasures like i i find that doing yoga really helps me a lot like getting into a yeah. yoga routine i tell you what like I get a natural 
life buzz just by doing yoga, just by every single day. I just recently did a five-week clinical placement. Yeah, I recently just did a five-week clinical placement and every single night or every single morning, I did yoga without doubt, without fail. And you know what? It made me feel so focused, so on point and so um, purposeful. And Mm. every single time, I feel like it was just relieving and, and alleviating so much stress and burden and tension and when my mind was racing i feel like i was able to actually sit and and be inside my body connect my mind and body really feel like i'm i'm moving and breathing and honoring this vehicle that i'm inside and and the thing is though it's not i think it's it's different from like addiction to exercise in my experience because the way i've been feeling when i do it um it's it's slow and it's and it's just calming and it's just stretches Okay, speaking of your of your uh, clinical placement, and also clearly you're really into um, holistical practices like nature and meditation, meditation and yoga and all that stuff. I'm really interested to find out from you how have your has how is your experience in the medical field and also your studies? How do you manage to balance that? Because obviously that serves a purpose, but how do you manage to balance that with holistic? um ways of of managing your your mental health because they're quite opposite in their in their in their beliefs yeah definitely well i think it's just a matter of finding balance and and finding what works for you because there are times where i feel yeah. like my head's definitely are in the books and i'm having to learn all these new things and do things a certain way but we we need it we need to participate in that world but the thing is that's only one aspect of of, of the way in which I participate in this planet. And the thing is, I draw so much inspiration from nature. I find that like going out and connecting with nature and going for bushwalks and, and just feeling inspired by a tree and looking at the way trees operate and, and reach and kind of yearn for the sunlight and going into a forest or and seeing like the moss and the algae and fungi and, you know, watching a, a kangaroo hop along a misty field and watching a sunrise or going to the ocean you know, like, I, like put it this way, it's weird, but like when you think about it right now, as you and I are doing this podcast, like deep, deep, deep down somewhere in the ocean, there's a big, big ass blue whale just, just singing deep down in the, in the pitch black ocean, right? You know, as we're speaking, we're, we're, we're on this planet circulating a sun, a solar system, which is circulating a galaxy, which is circulating, a, you know, multi-clusters of galaxies. And, and this world is much more spectacular and and basically filled with it's or inspiring and it's it's just like it's it basically it steps you outside of your own ego and your own your own self and to know that i am part of something very wonderful and i feel inspired by this i think i'm i'm, I'm certainly good at what i do i'm a good student i study a lot I, I learn how to do different therapies and and things like that but at the same time like you can kind of leave that where it's meant to be um, and kind mm. of leave the books behind, and then um, you just go just go out into nature and just just kind of basically feel your body. And when you walk, uh, don't walk just just as if like oh I'm going for a walk, but and then just think about the same old shit that's rattling in your mind. Actually, get out there and walk and be very present with your senses. 
So like be present with your eyes. What are you seeing in front of you right now? Like what are you looking at? What are you smelling? What are you hearing? And how are you feeling right now? And make it a meditation. Like meditation is not just something where you can sit still and, you know, close your close your eyes and go inward. And, and in fact, for some people who are having a very hard time feeling um, the the things that are going on inside their body or feeling like they're a victim of their own mind through through very intense anxiety or trauma, that might be a negative thing for them to be doing. And I'm, I'm not trying to give people conflicting advice because I know that they always say you should be doing meditation and you should be doing this. And people, it's, it, people can just feel like they're getting advice thrown at them all the time. But basically, the way I see it is whether you're meditating through going for a walk by the park away from society, like when I say away from society, I mean out, really out in the, in, the, in the forest, like really out in the bush, not just at your local park where the planes are flying over. Like if you have to drive 20 minutes out, drive 20 minutes out and actually be surrounded by nothing but trees and I promise you, you will feel a shift. Something will happen. Yeah. Um, that's, and that's, yeah. Sorry. You can I, 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 I totally agree with you about meditation, that it's not just about sitting down on a cushion and trying to go inside yourself. I, I, I've been during lockdown, I started uh, learning how to play the keyboard, the piano, and it's been something that I've always wanted to do. And I find just sometimes just sitting and practicing or just playing music can be so meditative to me. And same with just listening. I love music. I'm a big music buff. So listening to music is also a very meditative experience for me as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just um, light a candle, light a few candles in my room, put the light off, lie in my bed and put some some um, beautiful instrumentals on and just go into my own world. And I mean, I know for a lot of people, like sport can be meditative, dancing can be meditative. There's many oh, different ways that, that somebody can meditate. And I'm a, I, I think that a lot of people get very frustrated because they try the, the stereotypical mindfulness of just sitting down and, and, and doing a body scan or something like that. And it can be really frustrating because sometimes it doesn't necessarily work. Um, and I just think that if you can find something that gets you out of your head and out of your, out of yourself, whether it's a walk in nature or playing a musical instrument or doing whatever, let that be your meditation, you know, let that be your, your escape. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, that's the whole purpose is that like, um, just kind of anything you can do to basically enhance your awareness of your human experience i think is the best way to Mm. kind of put meditation and 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 basically that that underscores sitting there and really feeling this music and and seeing how it feels of you or playing the instrument because basically when you think about it when you're learning a new skill like playing the, the piano you're looking at your fingers you're concentrating and concentration is synonymous with meditation because you're concentrating on something um, mm. like the, tra- the traditional mindfulness meditation or like the, the Buddhist style meditation is to, is to focus your mind on an object of, of, of meditation. And the main object they do is the object of breath. So, you know, the sensation of the, the breath yeah. coming in and out and feeling that. But I mean, when you think about it, how different is it from sitting there focusing on the sensation of watching your, your fingers move and, and learning yeah. how to play, play a new song. And that's the thing. It's, it's all about how you, feel in your body and how you like and yoga is another thing yoga is one of the most oh, absolutely potent, potent forms of meditation because you're you're literally moving your body and the thing is sometimes i do balancing poses and if i were to think outside of concentration like if i were to start 
thinking about what I'm doing tomorrow while I'm holding a one-legged squat, like, you know, with my arms wrapped around my arms and legs and stuff, I will lose that balancing pose. I'll, I'll lose it. It'll be yeah. gone. And yeah. I will complete. And, and it shows that it shows the connection of mind and body. They, they're both the, like, two of the same because if you're feeling um, very overwhelmed or anxious and stuff, you, you feel like you're not presently in the poses. And the, and the best thing about yoga is that it gives you that indication. So when you have to squat with one knee in front of you and, and you see that, wow, I'm actually a bit off today. I'm, I'm just really not feeling mm. it. And that, that's an indication of where your mind's at. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that I've, I've been doing yoga for about two-ish years. Um, not as much as you do it. I kind of go through phases, um, but I, I absolutely love it. And I feel the exact same as you. If I'm having, if I'm having a particularly anxious day, I I struggle with yoga, you know, I struggle to hold poses and I, and I, um, yeah, it's a very good indication of what's going on in your, in your head, because really your mind and body are so linked and we don't even realize it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like the thing is that, that shows how important the mind is. There are times where I might be reading a book, like the one I recently finished and it gets to the point where I've read halfway down a page, my eyes are reading the lines, I'm reading the words that I'm saying but I haven't registered that information because I'm thinking about something. And it gets to the point where I get halfway down the book and I'm like, shit, I wrote, I read half that page, but I didn't like, I wasn't start aware. all over again. Yeah. I could start, I could <laughs> yeah. start all over again because I'm thinking about something else. And, and, and that's how powerful the mind is, you know? I'm so um, glad I'm not the only one because I really, really <laughs> struggle with, um, in general, I find that I've really struggled with concentration and focus big time. It's terrible because I can't even sit down through a two-hour movie and watch the whole thing. I've got to stop it, you know, every so often and get up and do something else because my I just I'm so distracted. So yeah, um, it, it yeah, it's it's interesting because yeah, I feel like. Um, all this work that I'm doing with speaking to a counselor, speaking to therapists, speaking to guys like you, um, doing this podcast, doing my own self self growth, self growth, um, and I have come such a long way. I still have so far to go. Like I feel like I still have so far to go. I think I've just hit the the point of okay, I realized my problems. Now I need to actually do something about it. But it's taken all of this work to actually get here, and yeah, it's just what I want to say about that, though, because, you know, this is meant to be a very positive and uplifting sort of podcast. But I I want to say that it to anybody feeling that, that all the hard work you're putting in isn't doing anything, it really is. Um, I Absolutely. really strongly believe that all the work you put in now is only going to come to effect in six months' time or so. It's about discipline, and I know it sucks. To, it's really sucks to hear that, especially someone like me who is chronically impatient. Um, but um, it really does. It really because if I if I look back to where I was a year ago, oh my god, it's like total polar opposites. It's just like that person that was twenty kilos lighter than he is today because he was suffering from an eating disorder and who. Um, yeah, who was just in an absolute, absolute terrible state compared to who I am now is in a totally different, totally, almost a totally different person. And so although in the moment you might feel like you've got so far to go, just take a step back and look at where you were, 
you know, five, six months ago. And it, it really does um, bring into, it really just makes you aware that all these little bits, the everyday yoga, the everyday meditation, the, the speaking out, the vulnerability, all of that does pay off. Yeah, absolutely. It, it Like the thing is, I, I remember I shared a thing on Breaking Barriers recently where it showed somebody who's above the surface and they're holding a little seedling of this little plant and they're like, oh, why am I growing so slowly? And then beneath the surface, the root system is so deep, so yeah. deep. So the thing is we're not always aware of the progress we're making. Yeah. Um, it's always good to have somebody there to kind of say how far you've come and, and give you uh, kind of milestones. Like for me, I've been very, very fortunate because I've got a, a beautiful partner who I can feel completely vulnerable with and she's a very big mental health advocate. Um, and I met her very shortly after I had experienced some very extreme trauma myself. Um, and not only that, but I've been seeing a psychologist who I really mesh with and I really men with. And, those guys, sometimes there's some things I say to them and they're like, whoa, shit, you know, if this was two years ago, you would have been completely like saying a different thing or giving me a different story and like, wow, I'm seeing like a different person or like, and it doesn't mean that in the past I was bad. It just means that I was maybe seeing things from a very obscure point of view. Perhaps I was yeah. not really, I wasn't really um, as present as I could be. You, you mentioned before, feeling like you're in a constant state of fight or flight and that happens to you after trauma. And, you know, I remember when I went bushwalking with my partner and, and, you know, she would look at me as I would be walking and I would flinch and jump like just by a little, yeah. like a little bug in the thing or whatever, or like, um, but I would be very jumpy, very fidgety. And, you know, that's, that's a very um, unconscious deep part of mm. the brain, which has been affected by trauma. And, and like, that's the thing. That's why we're trying to, alleviate the mental health stigma because it's not like people decide to be um to be these ways um through through some of the the, the traumas and problems that they've, they've faced um it's like your it's like your operating system your brain has experienced something so damaging so so incomprehensible that um i don't know it's almost like if you look at it like your brain like a computer and and it's like a little bit of water gets poured on the computer and there's a glitch here and there like that's what trauma is like it's like the water of the computer <laughs> the glitching you know? yeah the glitching yeah that's yeah. exactly what it's like it's the only way to describe it i've got to i've got to say like just speaking to speaking to you and seeing you and i don't, I don't want to make any judgment because i don't know where you are on your journey of self healing but it does look like you're in a pretty good space and i just want to say that because obviously i know i know about bits of your story of what you've been through and it gives me <clears throat> it gives me so much hope looking at you and just seeing how well you're doing because in many ways and i speak very openly here and i'm you know, a very functioning person, <laughs> but in many ways, I feel in, like I'm really in the thick of it. And seeing you and other people, like um, there's this other guy I'm bringing on the show, uh, Tony, who's a an ex-military guy, and and he also went through extreme trauma. Just seeing like the likes of you and him doing so well, it brings me so much hope. And that's really what I want this podcast to be, because. It's for selfish reasons because it, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like, um, 
you know, that things will get better. But I really want it to be for other people to see that things will get better for them as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for um, for having me on the show. And I, I think it's just um, so one one thing I want to say is just I feel like it's so um, healing is 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 more than possible. It's 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 something which is it. The thing is, we always perceive healing in sense of okay, I, I'm starting at A, then I got to get to B to C to D, and I'll end up at Z. No, you're not going to end up at Z. You're going to keep going towards the path of healing, right? You're always going to be moving in the direction of healing. You're always, and the thing is, what is like really think about it? What is synonymous with with healing? It's growing. When you're out in the yeah. forest, when you're out bushwalking, when you're looking at a tree and a plant, they might be hidden under other trees and plants, but they they force their way through the cracks. They 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 yearn towards the sun. That's growing. Growing and healing are two sides of the same coin. And the thing is, I think that if you look at us as 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 conscious human beings, we're not something which is separate from nature. We are an extension of nature. Like that's so it's it's part of our biology is to is to basically grow. It's in it's in our nature to grow and heal. And basically, on the other end of healing, if you were to look at the opposite of healing, like what's the opposite of healing? It's destroying. It's destruction. Mm. So I feel like there's a really big polarity between healing and destruction. And, 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 and it sounds very harsh to put it in these terms of being black or white. But the thing is, you know, as long as you're like I, I did a post on Breaking Barriers where I said that basically once you reach the pinnacle of healing, you will discover there is no pinnacle. Because as yeah. long as you're on the path, you always be on top. And um, there's a there's a really amazing quote by I think it was Lao Tzu who said that um, basically nature nature never hurries yet everything is always accomplished. Yeah, you know it's I've nature is nature is absolutely perfect in and of itself just as it is. So yeah. if you are making a conscious effort to move forward and just say I'm fucking done. I'm sick of this bullshit. I'm not going to be a victim of myself. I'm not going to be a, a puppet of my circumstances. I'm not going to be like a leaf in the wind. I'm going to take action. I'm going to move forward and do something with my life and make that first commitment to put my, my foot forward and actually get on with my life and pursue a path which is meaningful to me. I'm going to surround myself with like-minded people and I'm going to just be the best person that I can be and always reach towards the sun in the same way these plants reach towards the sun, then you are doing a fucking amazing job. And that's what you're doing Man. with this podcast, by the way. You're doing it. You're, you're foot, you haven't made your first foot forward. You've, you've done 10 steps forward. You've done a sprint. You know, you're running. And that's the thing. You need to know how, how much of an impact you have on other people. And when you, like I said at the start of the podcast, when you empower yourself, you empower other people. Right now, you're empowering me just by looking at you on a screen and doing this <laughs> podcast. You know, it's it's a positive feedback loop. When we help others, we help ourselves, and when we heal others, we heal ourselves. You know, man. I mean, like, I have a few more questions in my notes here, but I kind of feel like that is it. Can't get much better than that. What a way to to end it! Like that was some powerful stuff you just said there. Um, yeah, thank you. And I, I. I mean, I almost got the shivers just listening to that, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people will as well. So I think we best wrap it up there then. <laughs> so I just want to say... gone pretty quickly, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it's been an hour. Um, yeah, so I just want to say thank you so very much for being on the show and for being the first guest on the show as well. 
what you're doing with breaking barriers is uh just is is amazing and is so needed and i'm so glad to have met you and um i can't wait for for everybody else to hear this and um i yeah if you want to just plug your instagram and website or facebook page whatever just go for it yeah sure yeah definitely um so you guys can just find me on uh instagram which is breaking barriers uh australia but it's um breaking barriers aus um you guys can find me on um on facebook just type in breaking barriers australia and um there's a few podcasts and stuff but mainly instagram is the biggest kind of platform to find me but um i'm just so happy to link up with you know the the vulnerability project and and thank you so much for having me on board it's been a valuable experience and and keep doing what you're doing because this is just so great i'm loving it what a brilliant guy thank you so much kieran for coming on to do the episode with me and for sharing your story and and for allowing yourself to to be vulnerable because every time every time i speak to kieran and to guys like kieran it just reminds me of how important opening up and speaking out is so please go and follow kieran on breaking barriers on instagram and facebook i know that he would appreciate it and that you would gain a lot from it and yeah thanks kieran thanks for being the first official vulnerability project guest <laughs> i really appreciate it um if you'd like to find out more from me and what i'm up to please follow me on instagram at the vulnerability project uk and on facebook at the vulnerability project i've got some great great guests lined up and i i can't wait to to share their stories with you and to keep spreading the message so thanks guys until next time keep sharing <laughs>